Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast, episode 23, I believe. Oh, we're getting very close to that 25. We should do something special, but we haven't got anything planned just yet. We'll see what happens. Joining me this week is Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm good. Um, I've just been training tonight, and I've literally got in the door in about the last five minutes. So I'm just um, trying to get my breath back. Otherwise, <laughs> I am good. Thank you for your dedication. <laughs> You're welcome. Mr. Paul Collett. How do, chaps? How you doing, man? You're making this valiant return to the Finger Guns podcast. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've, uh, I have Wi-Fi back now, so uh, I'm just catching up on everything and saying hello to you, good folk. It's a true pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, man. And of course, Mr. Sean Davies. What up? How's it going, sir? I'm a bit wet. Okay, so like about just before we started this this podcast, I could smell a burning sensation. I thought either my PlayStation was on fire or my laptop was on fire. Neither were. Uh, and then I remembered I left a, a extension on outside next to a swimming pool underneath like some kind of cover and thought, oh shit, I've set the garden on fire. <laughs> I went a- I went outside with my phone in my mouth and a torch on in my mouth. This is an important fact. And got down to the bottom of the garden and realized that my neighbor was having a fire. Panic over. I haven't started a fire. I turned around and because my torch was next to my mouth and that there was a spider dangling midair, the light... <laughs> shone against oh, the spider God. and projected the biggest fucking spider silhouette I have ever seen <laughs> on my big watch. At which point I fell backwards into the um, power pool. <laughs> so I don't do fucking spiders. Like, they don't scare me, yeah? But this one, like, it looked to my eyes to be about 20 feet tall. <laughs> you made a spider projection on the wall and shit yourself. Yeah, so I've been sitting here a bit soaking on this podcast, talking to you guys pleasantly before the run into this, actually sopping wet through. So, yes, let's, oh, let's do this uh, thing. The best, that's the best <laughs> intro we've ever done. Oh, how Jesus you, Christ. How, how are you doing, Roscoe? You all right? I'm good. I'm very warm here in uh, the south of Wales. It's just horrible. And this room doesn't have any windows that i'm in so it's not nice and can't keep a fan on because it makes too much noise so this is going to be fun but other than that i'm fine thank you for asking awesome yeah um I should, yeah i didn't introduce myself i'm roscoe keniston hello right so we're going to kick off as ever with what we've been playing so usually i go to first da, 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 da. uh paul collett what have you been playing this week i have been playing no man's sky in the swanky new vr mode that got released was it last week week before and I am absolutely loving it. And I can't believe that I actually going to say those words because I hate that game with a passion. But VR mode changes it 100% into a much better game. So, um, and, I'm, and I'm struggling to put it down, to be fair. So, amazing. Fantastic. Do you see a, a genuine difference? Because you, you said that you weren't a big fan of the original version of it, but the VR well, really adds that much to it. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, don't get me wrong, the gameplay is still a little bit dry in the sense that you've still got, like, limited backpacks, you've still got a mine for, like, minerals and chemicals and combined shit, and it's all very long. But for some reason, when it's in VR, it's it just doesn't... You don't care because it's just sort of so amazing to... You know, because the, 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 the selling point of uh, No Man's Sky, when it was before it was launched, saying you can take off one planet and you can fly off another and you can do all these kind of interplanetary hops and all that kind of thing. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. But in reality, it was shit. It was just a third-person guy dying in some acid rain. Your ship was busted. You got, got no plutonium, whatever. And it's like, oh, this is so long. 
but obviously the game's changed a lot since the first iteration. There's been lots of updates. They've, they've actually done really, really well on the updates. And it's now an actually much more enjoyable game experience. I mean, despite the kind of the longness of some of it, a bit more arcadey now. But yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Resident, 7, Resident Evil 7 had the same thing in, you know, playing on the TV. It was just arcade. It's Resident Evil 7. But as soon as you put a headset on, it just changes it, you know, incomprehensibly, which is a big word for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, the VR update is just amazing. If no one's tried it yet and they've got a VR headset, they definitely need to give it a go because flying around in the spaceship over, I don't know, random planet and not actually feel sick because it's quite, it's, somehow they've managed to sort out the kind of motion sickness is definitely a sight to behold. Fantastic. Thanks, man. I, I very rarely get enthusiastic about games, but this one has just like, blown me away a little bit. Considering I'm so glad. Say I'm, so glad, I'm so glad that you're on a gaming podcast and it's so <laughs> rare that you get enthused by games. First time, it's only taken us a while. We're on episode 23 yeah. of our podcast and Paul likes a game. <laughs> Although I did shout out the TV today because uh, uh, my backpack's still very small and I needed some carbon and I had no room for, for carbon. I was like, for fuck's sake, man. And I started to shout at the screen uh, and that's when I turned it off. But you know, I'm still looking forward to diving in tomorrow. All right, Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Um, it's been a slow week for me, really. I've been playing a lot more Spider-Man. I think I mentioned it last week. I'm still playing the DLC. I missed it the first time around because I borrowed a copy of Spider-Man. Bought my own copy now, and I bought the season pass, and it was cheap the other week on sale. I'm on episode two, the Turf Wars one. I don't want to spoil I mean, I know it's been out for like a year now, but I don't want to spoil like what actually happens. But uh, yeah. it's definitely, if, if anyone's, I know I've said before about buying DLC for games, I'm always a bit on the fence, depending on what the content is, you know, which are good, Street Fighter bad. The Spider-Man DLC really does pack out after the story game. You and Sean have played it? Yeah, I've uh, I've 100%ed all three of them. I yeah, that, I think, uh, I think I'm getting that way. Yeah, so I've been doing the Hammerhead Strongholds, the wave attack modes, and they're um, surprisingly difficult when you start getting the big fellas with Gatling guns and the, the jetpack guys. Yes. It's keeping me on my toes. And then I'm eventually going to go back and do it on the New Game Plus difficulty thing. So yeah, a lot of Spider-Man this week. And I've gone back to playing um, Born Again. I mean, Oh I my goodness. I I think I said the other week, again, I've been dabbling in it, but I missed quite a few of the weapons you get in the Old Hunters DLC. So I'm like three trophies out from platinum, platinuming the whole game. And one of them being the, the weapons. Uh, one of them being the chalice dungeons, the, the final boss of the chalice dungeons. And they are difficult. Yes. I've got to that chalice dungeon where it halves your health. And oh, I think that's when I gave up on about six months ago. So I'm just psyching myself up for that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much been it. Spider-Man and, uh, and Bloodborne for me. And then back on the occasional trotting around in Red Dead, not doing a lot. The Spider-Man DLC is is really awesome, I do agree. Except for the screwball challenges. They oh, fuck the screwball challenges. Sorry, it's been what? <laughs> hang on, I think, is that the first swear? 12 minutes in? Sorry. Not bad. Uh, oh, I can't. Oh, they're so annoying and pointless. They are. It's almost like they've taken, because what, what he says in Turf Wars, he's like, oh, if I keep doing this, I can triangulate her position. So she's basically the more annoying version of the Riddler from the Batman games. <laughs> it's true. Oh. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, just... my, my goal was to unlock all of the suits. Oh, yeah. And the only way to do that is to clear all the districts, which means doing every Scrooble challenge. Yes. Well, there's a trophy so... in there for getting at least silver in the Scrooble challenges as well. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, that was it was only complete them. You don't have to do them to a certain level. Yes, so I like, thank God for that. It's the funny yeah. enough. As much as I like the stealth games, one the stealth Scrooble challenge is such a pain in the dick because the 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 detection areas of enemies. I swear it wavers. They can be four feet away and not hear you take someone out, and they can be twenty feet away and be like, "Oh, it's Spider Man." You're like, "What? How did you?" Oh. Are you sure it's not the cameras? 
because no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not insanely good. Oh yeah, no, I've I've figured out how to take the cameras out. I think it's just well, it might be as they're turning around, it might be me not checking my peripherals. It's just yeah, I need to just man up and do it. But, yeah, uh, just... yeah that, that, that's that's been it really, just Spidey and Bloodborne. Nice. Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Hold on to your butts. So all of my... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that that was my, my big list is coming. Back. I'm going to try and get through this quickly. Uh, but all of my Kickstarter codes from like three years ago that I kickstarted, that I put money towards, have started to come in. So like Hamsterdam, I mentioned this last week, I think, but now there's a review up on the website. <gasps> is Shemu coming? Shemu is coming, yeah. I'm, I'm a Kickstarter backer of that yet. So, oh my god, you've got a copy of Shenmue 3, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> so, Hamsterdam is a very cutesy little action platformery game with action, with ry- rhythmic combat. Um, if you've got a Switch, it's out on there, but also it's mobile. It does feel like a mobile game, but it's like a really good mobile game. So, if you like that and want a bit of a buzz trip killer, then it's well worth a go. Um, Riverbond, I've been playing that with my kids. It's like a four-player Diablo-esque thing made out of voxels. Um, that there's a review also on the website, so figuregoods.net, so go check that out. Okay, public service announcement. Pacific Wings came out today on the PlayStation 4. Do not buy that game. Told. <laughs> I tell you this now, it, it costs £5 on the PlayStation 4. I think it's £5 on the Switch as well. Now, the game is free on mobile, PC, tablets. It's been downloaded 2 million times before. Now they're charging £5 for it. And the version that they're selling is broken. So the, one of the main parts of Pacific Wings on mobile is that you don't have to shoot. It's like a basically it's a, sh- a shmup based on 1942. And you hold down your thumb and move the plane and the plane shoots automatically at enemies. In the console version, you have to shoot. So basically it's just a standard fucking shmup and the, the one unique thing about it is gone. And the fucking thing keeps freezing. Like, every time, like, a big enemy enters the screen, the game freezes for about a second. And it doesn't do that on mobile. The free fucking version is better than the £5 version. So don't buy Pacific Wings on console. I've been playing Erica. Hey. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had one playthrough of that, and I agree with everything that Roscoe said in his review. It is a very good FMV game. Probably one of the best ones I've ever played. But it feels odd. At times, like the justification for the characters just isn't quite matching up with what's happening. And the game does a really good job of throwing you off the scent of everything that it's kind of doing. And that it does that very well. Um, but it just doesn't feel like the characters are as well designed for particular like run-throughs as it probably could have been. I'll just say that. If you do like FMV games, it's well worth a go. Uh, I started playing it on my own and Katie, my wife, was sitting next to me and she had absolutely no interest in the game. Half an hour later, she's shouting out at me what to do. And if I do differently, she gives me the fucking evilest eyes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying not to kill everyone and she's like, murder the fuckers! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, also been playing Nights and Bikes, which comes out, um, if you're listening to this podcast today, on all the consoles and PC. Um, I've I've only played about 10-15 minutes of it, but it is amazing what I've played so far. I've played a lot of shows as well over the years, and that's on the Kickstarter one. And then I've been playing Afterlife, which is this new VR game, which is fucking wild, to be honest. So you play as a ghostly child that in the first five minutes of the game dies in a bathtub. And you don't watch the kid die, but you do listen to it. And it is 
harrowing. It is Yikes. fucking yeah. So like the first five minutes of this game, it really puts you on on like the fucking edges, and then you kind of spend the rest of the game in in. It's not VR. It's like really really good 365 video, you know, 360 degree video that. Um, they use this new technique where characters can actually walk through you, um, which is weird, but also pretty cool. Uh, and it basically tells a story about what's happening to the family after you've died. And you can interact with the world too, if you want to. Like at one point you can like build a birdhouse out of Lego and convince the mum that you are still alive in the house that she's trying to move out of. It is, mm-hmm. it's, it's really tough to play. And but the performances are pretty good. The, this one guy in, the, in it is particularly good. He has like a mental breakdown in it, and I was entirely convinced that he was having a mental breakdown. Maybe maybe it was the script that sent him wild. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a really tough game to play. And the last game I've been playing is called Headspun, uh, which I am currently under embargo for, so can't really talk about until later in this week. But I will tell you what it's about. It's about it's another FMV game. It's about a guy that gets in an accident but inside his head is a load of characters who all kind of control what he does what his personality is like and you play this character inside his head which is like called cortex the city of cortex inside his head and you kind of run run the place but you got knocked out at the same time that he got knocked out so he's been in a coma for months and you've been kind of out of it and then you kind of try and figure out what the hell's happened you know what 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 happened during the accident um and he meets a few other people which he kind of has to judge and figure out if he trusts or if he doesn't Uh, and you have play that you have this other character alongside you called teddy who's like the creative side of theo who's the guy that in the head whose head you were in and ted and teddy don't get on so they're like basically arguing all the time over what's best for Theo, and it it's a it's a pretty smart game. Um, and I I'm looking forward to you reading my review because I have things to say about this game, potentially good and potentially bad. So hmm. I'll talk about it next week. Smash what it. have you What have you been playing, Moscow? Uh, well, I've also been playing Erica. Nice. Um, obviously my review is up on FingerGuns.net. You can go and have a nose. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Much like Sean, my first playthrough was with someone else. And it got it became quite a team effort. It's a single player game, but it's as I said in the review, it's it's sort of almost more fun to play it with someone else or with like a group of you. Because you can sort of decide together how you're gonna move through this game. I'm on my third playthrough now. There are moments near the end where I just wanted to see what would happen if I could go through certain ways and you have to obviously play through the whole game to get there. So I've been playing through them again, and yeah, it's really cool. I mean, Holly Earl, I think the name is, the the lady who plays Erica, she's great in it. She has the widest eyes of anyone I've ever seen, possibly more than Alita, actually. She's got that look about her. And it's it's great. It's really entertaining, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm, I'm enjoying playing through it over and over again. I don't tend to do that with a lot of games like this. I never really did it with Telltale Games or any kind of other like the Wells Interactive, things like Dr. Decker and things like that. But this is just really engaging. And so I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'm also playing Super Hot on Nintendo Switch, which was obviously announced at the Indie World Direct last week, just before Gamescom. And it's it's just Super Hot. It's a port of Super Hot on the Switch. I don't know what else there is to say about it, really. How are you, uh, how are you getting on with it? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, my review is up now. It went up today on VGuns.net. And it's... It's just it's a straight port of, of uh, Super Hot. There's nothing more or nothing less to say about it, really. It's oh, okay. still really, really good. It's probably the worst version of the game, 
in the sense that there's some technical judders playing with the Joy-Cons isn't as accurate as I would like it to be. But, you know, saying it's the worst version of Super Hot is like, it's cold pizza, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, you know you could get better elsewhere, but it's still pizza. <laughs> so it's oh, like, it's still... No, I'm, uh, no, that analogy doesn't work for me because cold pizza is just vile. Oh, well, you're a monster. Well, anyway. Yes, get out. Go on. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's Super Hot on the Switch. The motion controls, the gyro control is an interesting addition does mean you can be a little more accurate it's almost like they knew that the joy-con analog sticks weren't quite up to scratch so yeah the uh, the motion control is useful but yeah it's great it's super hot isn't it you'll never beat that game in vr mode oh, some another level of amazing yeah yeah I, I went went back and had a nose at your review of that again and it's it's one of your most positive reviews i've ever read <laughs> great. <laughs> i'm pretty quite positive today maybe a week away of having no wi-fi is a good thing yeah, man. Be able to switch off for a, a few days is probably very helpful. Yes. But yeah, that's what I've been playing primarily. Um, I'm still continuing my run-through of the old AAA PlayStation exclusives. Um, I managed to tweak a setting in my TV, which makes everything look even better, which is very, very nice. Just downloaded Horizon Zero Dawn again, which, in, to my mind, is still the best-looking game on the console. And it's, uh, it's, it's showing off my TV in a very nice light. So going through the AAAs all over again, which is fun. Still don't like God of War. I'm trying. It looks pretty. <laughs> I love, I love the axe, but it's just not working for me. So uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, I played Gears Pop today. On, oh god, uh, how is it? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. There's nothing good about that game. Oh boy. It's exactly what you think it is. It is a loot box microtransaction fest that you can't be good at unless you pay. And it's yeah, it's a disaster. Absolutely horrific. Is that? From, is that was that, um, is that from Epic? Was it, who done Gears of War? Was it Epic? I can't remember that. Yeah. I mean, originally, back in the day, yeah. Who does it now, then? The Coalition. coalition. Uh, so, so this mobile game, is that done by the Coalition, or is it just a sub? I think, it, I think it's made by someone else, but they've... Yeah. Uh, their name their name is on it, but I think they have they didn't have a hand in developing it. It's a, like, it's like a, a license, Pop. not a... That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. There was like a Funko Pop characters, and like the first loot box you get has got Marcus Phoenix in it. And it's like, what? Shouldn't he just be a main character? <laughs> and so, yeah, 20 minutes later, it was gone. <laughs> so, nice. so fuck that game. Sayonara. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, it, it, was, it was horrible. Anyway, so that's what we've been playing this week. Thank you very much, everyone. Right, we're going to move on to the one, the only. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Sean Davies! Yeah, go Sean! Sorry. Thanks, buddy. Turn it off. Turn it Thanks. off. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Spinger Guns Trivia Challenge. Fingers crossed there won't be any Limp Biscuit lyrics this week. I'm hoping for some oh, R. Kelly. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you tuned uh, no, in last week... Doing, we're not doing R. Kelly. Are you insane? Uh, sorry, I watched Dave Chappelle today. Um, and yeah, anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. If you've never played this before, we're about to do a quiz. And this week's quiz is all about famous video game weaponry. <laughs> Saucy. So it's <laughs> all about the guns, the swords, the explosives, 
the most famous and iconic weaponry in video game history. So the way this is going to work is I'll read out the questions now. Um, Greg, Paul and Roscoe will write down their answers. If you're playing along at home, just write them down or keep a mark of whatever it is. And then towards the end of the podcast, we will read out the answers. We will find out who has won. If anyone can get closer to Roscoe, who is currently on 10 wins. Greg is now at four and Paul is at three. Well done, Paul. Holding it for you. I think Roscoe is a massive quim who cheats. <laughs> no one, he never takes screenshots of his answers. You never notice that, do you? Um, it's just hard to take a screenshot of a, of a laptop. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. I'm sorry you guys feel so insecure about your losing. <laughs> okay, this is the worst trash talking I've ever heard in my that was, entire life. That was really polite, wasn't it? <laughs> I can yeah, this, so. is, this, is, this needs to be addressed ASAP. In, in your face, good sir, I challenge you to a duel. I must be satisfied. <laughs> Footman, as bring much, me my pistols. As much as I relish the competition, I am sorry you are unable to keep up with my pace. <laughs> Sirs, I request fifty cuffs tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, are you guys I just ready? See myself just hitting Greg in the face with a uh, glove. Like <laughs> a jewel, sir. <laughs> I don't. Actually, I don't know. Glo- fair, I don't know glove defense, though. Well, no, I don't know glove uh, defense. We haven't done that bit yet. No, that's true. Oh, uh, come on, man, get on with it. For God's sake, <laughs> I did that day one. Okay. At, the da- at the school for dandies. <laughs> we, we went to the same school. <laughs> oh, that was a foul. Right, yeah. you two boys finished pitching now. Yeah? Yes, Dad. Thanks. What? Okay. <laughs> Dad? Jeez, this sounds fun. Oh, my God. Question hey, one. Hey, Greg, how many lyrics from uh, Smash Mouth do you know? Somebody uh, wants to know me the word. <laughs> I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay. Looking kind of dumb with a finger in it. Quizmaster, can you uh, get these two in shape, please? Well, the word starts going in it. Oh, <sighs> Kids, eh? I'm just going to sit here and wait until they finish because they'll have to cut all this shit out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, Ross. This is what you get. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, question one. In what game series do you wield the Blades of Chaos? Question one. In what game series do you wield the Blades of Chaos? Is that a Smash Bros game? It isn't a Smash Bros game, surprisingly. Is there a Smash Bros game? Oh, I wish there was. There's a Kiss game. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Kiss Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Sh- there's a tenacious yeah, anyway. D game. No, there isn't. I'm, I'm thinking of um, Brutal Legend. Sorry, carry on. Okay, question two. In what game series would you find the weapon called the BFG 9000? Question two. In what game series would you find the weapon called the BFG 9000? A couple of easy ones for you get you warmed up. That's what she said. Oh, God. Oh, Sorry. yes. Well done, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Well, for that one, yes. big style. Oh. <laughs> it's going to happen all night. I'm in that kind of mood now. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Question three. In what series would you find the Type 33 guided munitions launcher, more commonly known as the Needler? Question three. In what series would you find the Type 33 guided munitions launcher, more commonly known as the Needler? Smash Mouth did the soundtrack to it. Oh, Smash your mouth, you don't shut up. <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> oh, 
for it, I don't geezer. think Paul would have uh, would have uh, had would have dealt with our limp biscuitness last week. No, okay. he would not. Well, I can't stand limp biscuit. I'm sorry, I'm going to discuss for it earlier. It's music of the youth. Yeah. No, it's music of the shit. <laughs> All right, go back to your your oasis and your. Uh... Oh, as if. Uh, yeah, you love your you, you love your dodgy and your chumbawumba. <laughs> <laughs> tub tub thumping call it. Oh my god, you guys need to get out more. Or stay in. Question four. In what <laughs> game do you? <laughs> that was so four. polite. Yeah, you anyway, <laughs> you guys need to get out more. Or stay in. It's up to you, really. We're, we are so bad at trash talk on this podcast. Oh, it's terrible. Gotta try harder. <laughs> I, would, I would say fuck your mum, but I'm sure she's really lovely and does a lot for you. Yeah, she was alright. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Question four. In what game series do you wield the weapons called Ebony and Ivory? Together. I don't know how the Stevie Wonder song goes. Oh, I know that. Question four. In what game series do you wield the weapons called Ebony and Ivory? Question five. In which game series <laughs> do you wield cool the... Question five. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to speak before you do because you're just going to talk shite for the next five minutes. <laughs> okay. Question five. In which game series do you wield the Keyblade? Oh. Question five. In which game series do you wield the Keyblade? Do you know the theme song to this game? It's not by Smash Mouth, I can tell you that much. Oh, wish it was. Do actually, I've got it on my iPod. You fucking nerd. <laughs> Catchy song. Uh huh. Okay, question six. Uh huh. <laughs> In which game series would you find the Dagger of Time? Ooh. In which game series would you find the Dagger of Time? That is a throwback. Ah, time travel plan. Uh, question seven. <laughs> In which game would you find the Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O, which stands for Ripia, a new one? That's what she said. Ah, there he is. <laughs> Hi. Question seven. In which game series would you find the Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O, which stands for Ripia, a new one? Gotta take a lot to keep me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. Okay, question eight. The rain down in Africa. In which series might you fire a fat boy? Question eight. In which series might you fire a fat boy? Question nine. In which game does a character wield the gunblade? Question nine, in which game does a character wield the gunblade? Question ten, in which series might you find a pair of AMT 1911 hardballer, more commonly known as the silver ballers? Question ten, in which series might you find a pair of AMT 1911 hardballer, more commonly known as the Silver Boars. Uh, Ralph's at it again. 
Is he still horny as fuck? He is. <laughs> what happened? Uh, he's oh, just, about a hamster still. He's just done a backflip off this cage uh, trying to get at the girl hamsters and knocked off his water bottle. Uh, yeah. That's not very smooth. I mean, it looks impressive, to be fair. Did you see the landing? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll check on him later. Anyway, question 11. In which series might you use a 211-V plasma cutter? Question 11. In which series might you use a 211-V plasma cutter? Question 12. In which series does the main protagonist famously wield both a steel and a silver sword? Question 12. In which series does the main protagonist famously wield both a steel and silver sword? Question 13. In which upcoming remaster would you use an anal probe to trigger fatal diarrhea in the target? Question 13. In which upcoming remaster would you use an anal probe to trigger fate? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Ah. <laughs> In which upcoming remaster would you use an anal probe to trigger fetal diarrhea in the target? Oh, God. What was I doing when I wrote this question? <laughs> anyway, question 14. In which series would you find the vampire killer, which has appeared as a whip, a flail, and a hammer in different games? In which series would you find the vampire killer, which has appeared as a whip, a flail, and a hammer in different games. Oh, another throwback. Question 15. In which series would you find the Master Sword? Has this not already been a... Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't bode well for Roscoe. <laughs> hey, it's only one question, man, okay? Well, it could be two. <laughs> and this okay. one feels... This this one's more confident. Uh, question 15. In which series would you find the Master Sword? Question 16. In which okay. series which would you find the dubstep gun? Ugh. Question 16. In which series would you find the dubstep gun? Hey, kid. Remember dubstep? <laughs> or as Paul would call it, white noise. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> what the fuck's a Skrillex? <laughs> okay, question 17. In which game was the weapon called the Cerebral Boar first introduced? Question 17. In which game was the weapon called the Cerebral Boar first introduced? And question 18, last question. In which series would you find the weapons Splattershot Jr., the Dynamo Roller, and the slosher. And that was all 18 questions. Could you say the last question again? I can. Thank Let me you. just open up the file again. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Question 18. In which series would you find the weapons Splattershot Jr., the Dynamo Roller, and the slosher? Oh, okay. Cool. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure as always. As ever, do let us know how you got on in it's this quiz. It's never a pleasure. Aww. <laughs> well, I always it's lose, don't I? So, do you know what I mean? You don't always lose. You just well, don't turn up. <laughs> uh, now the fighting talk's getting a bit more serious. 
you've you've won three, Paul. You know that's that's a decent effort. That's like a hundred percent of your attendance. To be fair. <laughs> hey! <laughs> there you go, lick my ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Paul. You know. Hey, uh, Yeah, we do. Uh, well, you need to prove it. Okay. I don't quite know how you're going to do that, though. <laughs> Without getting arrested. Well, me and what do you want us to in, do? Ingrid will be in London soon enough. Whatever you want, buddy. So, when you guys go to EGX, you can buy him a hat or something. A hat? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Great suggestion. Thank yeah, you. Me, uh, That's how much you love me. Have a hat. Yeah. It comes free. No, hang on. Hang on. Trespass. At least step it up. Get him a cap from the numbskull stand. Okay, cap yeah. from the numbskull stand, and then walk up to him, put it on his big brain, and say, not just a hat stand. I see. I see where you were going with this. True love right there. That's what there it is. <laughs> All right, then. Let's move on to the news. And this week, we're starting on a bit of an awkward one. But we thought we should uh, talk about it after a little bit of a conversation. Now, a few weeks back on the Thinking Us podcast, we talked about a game called Iron Fury, which used to be called Iron Maiden. I believe it was on the episode that Sean hosted. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. When I was in Spain getting a lovely tan. It was beautiful. Now, there was a lot of controversy around the game because of the name. Iron Maiden wanted to sue them because they were using their name or at least sounding like they were using their name. So Iron Maiden, the band, got all pissed. And it looks like now there's another step in this particular controversy for this game. Uh, Sean, do you want to take it from there? I mean, I can do, but I was like, fucking... Okay, so... <laughs> so this this game released, um, it got a, a slew of pretty decent reviews. It got a couple of 9 out of 10s. But since release, um, there has been, like, a secret found within the game, which, when taken at face value, is homophobic. That's basically, you know, the developers have admitted the fact that, yeah, it is homophobic and things slip through quality assurance and things. But this was kind of backed up by the fact that people then went into the games and the developers Discord channels, uh, which is, if you don't know, is like a social media. And they found a lot of comments from the developers, which they say was taken out of context, but even within the context are very risque being... Slightly homophobic, uh, transphobic, bigoted. Uh, there's there's not a lot of good stuff in there. And they use the term social justice warriors unironically, like the rest of the internet seem to have started to do. They, they, they just seem to have turned out to be a bit of a bunch of idiots. 3D Realms then got in contact with the developers Voidpoint, and Voidpoint and 3D Realms put out a, a statement to say, Hey, yeah, guys, um, we've noticed that there's some homophobic language in the game. We're going to patch that out. And then today, which is Sunday when we're recording, uh, Voidpoint then put out a joint statement with 3D Realms to say, hey, actually, um, we're not going to patch out any anything for the game. The game will remain uncensored. We will not be censoring the game. Uh, we don't believe in censorship. Um, we want to leave the game as is. And that, they, that 3D Realms and... Void point are agreed on the subject. So that's where we're at right now. And what a fucking shitty situation it is. Yeah. Uh, initially, Voidpoint uh, did respond to the situation and they promised to donate $10,000 to the LGBT nonprofit, the Trevor Project, as well as patching out the messages in the game. But they decided not to anymore. There was a bit of a statement. I'm going to read from it here. Uh, quote This is a joint statement from Voidpoint and 3D Realms. 
We caused a recent controversy suggesting Iron Fury game content was to be censored. We will absolutely not be censoring Iron Fury or any of our other games now or in the future, including but not limited to by removing gags such as gaming's most controversial facial wash. I assume that's something related to the game. We do not support censorship of creative works of any kind and regret our initial decision to alter a sprite in the game instead of trusting our instincts. 3D Realms and Voidpoint stand together on this matter. Last but not least, please respect our need to keep our community forums clean from hateful messages. We recognize our mistake and have received your message loud and clear. So it's a very strange situation, uh, which is something we don't see very often, of situations like this kind of escalating to the point where the developers will go, actually, you know what? Everyone that's angry about this game on Steam and leaving you know, bad Steam reviews, they actually have got a point, maybe, and they've decided to roll back their initial apology and go you know what this is what our game is this is the creative vision that we had and we're going to keep it in there the homophobic slurs that were spotted in the game include a secret area that features the phrase like fag bag on the wall something like an in-game item labeled okay an apparent play on oil of ole which i'm assuming is the uh, facial wash they're discussing and it's all a bit strange so where do we stand on wanting to respect an audience and respect a certain uh, group of people against respecting the creativity of developers. Uh, Greg, do you want to jump in on this one? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a sticky one because uh, obviously when, when we talked about it, when you weren't here, I really went off on, uh, you know, the, the trademarking thing and stuff like that. And I was really like, go on Iron Maiden or Iron Fury now. Like, go on, you, you pursue your vision. You know, don't kowtow to what Iron Maiden do in their stupid ways. And then this happened, and now I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable backing it when it's doing that kind of shit. But anything I say now is going to sound like I'm doubling down and supporting the homophobia. I'm not. And I, that's just getting it out there. I can see what the attention was with, like, the Duke Nukem style throwback, but there's a line, you know? There's. I mean, there's there's parody, and then there's like being extremely offensive. If enough people, if one person tells you you're a duck, you know, if ten thousand people you are, then you start thinking, hmm, here I am. Like, if enough people are telling you that that's wrong, don't double down on it and go, no, we're going to keep it, you know, free spirit. And then to go keep our forums clean and respectable, like, hang on, you've just insulted quite a lot of people, and you want everyone to be nice. I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit much. There's creative freedom. And like Sean said earlier, there's there's censorship and not having any value to the word anymore. There's they're standing up for your creative vision and then there's deliberately going out of your way to piss people off. It's the hatred thing again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is it the 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 sheer kind of outcry from a certain sort of group of people, like the people that do leave Steam reviews are angry about the game being censored in the first place? Hmm. It's... It is difficult. It is difficult. Um, I know they say that, like, you know, bad news is... Well, any news is good news. And I think I got my duck analogy wrong, but you know what I mean. Uh, um, yeah, I think there's, there's... There's standing up for yourself, and then there's pissing in the wind and just being unnecessarily defiant. And I think it's now going down that route now, where it's going to sell because people are going to be like, oh, what's all the fuss about? And it will become, you know, number one on the Epic Store for a day. And then everyone will go, oh, I've supported this. Or not, it might just tank. You know, the, the reviews, review bombing might absolutely kill the game. That's the weird thing. I mean, the game has been review bombed on Steam pretty hard. Uh, has it? I haven't seen that bit yet. But that's because of the censorship. So it's like, you know, they have to find 
don't know, they seem to be caving to the ones that are shitting on the game the most regarding removing this homophobic content. And that's a weird thing to encourage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean, where do you stand on this? I know you have some thoughts about this. I have thoughts on everything, Dota. It's <laughs> um, so when I first saw it, I, I read through the statement and, you know, they threw the fucking word censorship around a lot. And this isn't censorship. This was never censorship. Censorship is where, you know, the, the, the word censorship is when a government or ruling body decides that you can't have that point of view and uh, censors your artwork, censors your writing, censors whatever it is that they're censoring. Self, self-regulating who you want to piss off and offend is not censorship. It never has been. You know, all this, you know, all these fucking, these, there's literally fucking websites that exist to call people censors. This wasn't censorship. This was people finding something in a game that they didn't like and complaining about it. And then the developer saying, ah, oh, yeah, actually, that probably wasn't very nice to people who were playing this game. Fair enough. I don't give a shit about the personal politics of the developers. When this, when Reset Era went fucking bananas over the fact that, some of the developers hold something I would probably describe as regressive political reviews. You know, trans people exist. You've just got to fucking get used to it. There's no point sitting in a fucking forum doubting their existence for 12 hours a day while you're developing a game. Just get on board, get used to it, because, you know, you're fucking mental. I don't give a shit that they've got that political view. I've come to the point now where I, I figured out that there isn't a single fucking thing in the world that is built by purely brilliant and lovely people, apart from maybe John Wick Hex. That's the only game that might be built by purely <laughs> nice people. All you, hell, Mike Biffle. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at Earthworm Jim, this fucking void point. There's, there's assholes everywhere and you've just got to get fucking used to it. So separating the art from the artistry, fair enough. Let's just take the art. Let's just take Iron Fury. Now, people got pissed about the jokes. And, you know, when you are what is the butt of the joke, you are more than you know likely going to get upset about it. Totally understand. Those people have a right to complain and say, hey, I didn't find this funny. And that's great. Voidpoint then have to make a decision on whether they decide, okay, that wasn't very nice of us, or... Yes, we still believe in this, in upsetting these people unnecessarily. The the problem I have with it is the jokes aren't fucking worth it. Like, Oil of Yule Gay. Was that really fucking worth it? Was that really worth starting a controversy over? Or was it just there to start a controversy? Because seriously, it is so fucking, like, late 80s, early 90s jokes that it really is the shitty scraping of the bottle of the barrel in 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 the way of like oh we're gonna piss off you know you know we're gonna piss off gay people by putting of oil of ool gay are they fucking out of the minds it's not worth it it's just not mm. it, it's like the shittiest joke and it's unnecessarily in there they could have come up with i mean to be fair if they couldn't come up with something better than that then there's you know <laughs> there's yeah, something very fucking somewhere. wrong there um, but yeah, I mean, it's just just fuck these guys now. Like, they they made the decision. They they want to, you know, unnecessarily pissing people off. And I think it's just to keep the game in the news. And you know, fuck them. <laughs> I'm right in thinking because there was some controversy with Cyberpunk 2077, wasn't there? 
and um, yeah. some images and stuff. Have they now been removed? Have I got that right? So, no, the images are staying in the game. So the, the images that are in the game were to do with a... Now, the, the thing is, the theme of um, cyberpunk is transhumanism, what it's like to be beyond human, to have, you know, cybernetic implants and how much of you remains human and all that kind of stuff. Now, the image that was in the game was designed by a woman with a shock factor in mind. And it was taken out of context at the time. And the artist came out and kind of defended it to say, the whole point is, this is a trans transgender character as a frontline advertisement for a drink in this universe. And, and like people were like, oh, it's, it's you know, taking, it's taking the mick out of transgender people. Actually, in, in this, you know, in, in cyberpunk, transgender people are just like every fucking body else because, like, gender isn't a thing anymore. I could have 50 dicks because I've implanted them. It's not a thing anymore. So ah. it's... <laughs> no, that, nice. but that's... <laughs> Wasn't that a video you made the other day, mate? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the whole point about Cyberpunk. And yet the thing is, there was... Cyberpunk is going to have a hard time of it between now and when it releases because they had a fucking PR guy that was working there who had, again, pretty fucking regressive political views. And... You know, he made some shitty jokes on the internet. He, he he used some trans transphobic memes to advertise the game, and the guy got you know rightfully booted out. And now you know they they are working on like if you watch the GameCon video the other day where like they were talking at the Stadia conference, I think it was. They got a, a woman on stage to basically be the face of that video, and that was like a very deliberate choice. Like she was a very good face for the game, and. Um, yeah, that that was a controversy that kind of a, st a storm on a teacup. These guys, uh, they they just doubled down on wanting to upset a particular part of the industry, yeah. and whatever. <laughs> uh, Paul, have you got any thoughts on this as a creator yourself? Is uh, the creative vision worth <clears throat> this kind of bullshit? From a creative perspective, sometimes you do have to, I don't know do things that maybe people won't like uh, or a little bit controversial just so you can capture the world or the, or the, or the sort of atmosphere they're trying to, trying to, um, trying to create. For example, let's take uh, Mafia 3, for example. I don't know if you guys have played it. Um, they put a little warning at the start of the game about some, some racial words and things like that. And, you know, what? Well, and you play the game and sometimes, yeah, man, it's like, you know, what? Well, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty kind of harsh to hear some of the things being said, but at the same time, that was what it was like in the world in them days, in the 60s, just post-Vietnam, that's how it was. So, you know, in, in a sense, they have to kind of stick because they're trying to create an accurate representation of a period of time. Now, you can't sort of dumb that down or, or, or censor it or, or just, you know, sweeten it up a little bit just to appease people that are offended. It's, that's, that's how the world was back then. So, in a way, they... That I can understand. Now, this game, this heavy metal, whatever it's called, I don't know the context of the jokes. I don't know if it was like as the product that was on the shelf somewhere as a passing uh, graphic, in which case it means nothing. It's just a pointless little thing, waste of time. If it's integral to, to creating an atmosphere in the, in the universe of the game, then, you know, maybe it had to be done. Unfortunately, someone somewhere is going to be offended by something. You just can't you know, please everybody. And I'm kind of with Sean. The joke is shit. It probably isn't worth a hassle. Um, but if the developers thought that that 
particular product or that, that little bit of wording was necessary to, to, to create this kind of this world. And I guess it has to be done, but, you know, you have to, have to take the backlash that goes with it. But, you know, uh, in the creative creative industry, you know, sometimes you do have to, I don't know, go above and beyond the, uh, the levels of what is seen as acceptable sometimes. Mm. Uh, um, but that that is just purely, you know, obviously not to set out to maliciously or intentionally offend people. It's just to, you know, create, you know, people have a vision of a of a of a world or a poster or a graphic or a logo, whatever it is. They have a vision of it, and and that's what they want to do. And whether the client says, okay, that logo is great, you know, it's got a massive, great big dick in the middle of it, but I want that's the logo I want. So. That's what they chose, but you know, and that that represents what the company's all about, like massive dildos or something. I don't know. So yeah, what is that business? I don't know. One might set it up, but you know, <laughs> the logo needs a great big dick, right? So you know, but it's going to offend other people. So you can't. You, you have to. You have to weigh it up. But yeah, it's a it's a shit joke, kind of like probably ain't worth the asshole that it's going through right now. Um, I don't know the context it was in, so I can't really comment really. But from a creative field, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. I'm 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 really disappointed that you've spilled the beans on the finger guns new logo. <laughs> Just <laughs> work in progress for so long. I can't research everything. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the logo for our new shooter series, Finger Bang. Finger oh bang. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on, shall we? Right. Coming up next is cross-platform play. Now, very slowly but surely. Cross-platform is moving more and more into the mainstream. Games like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and Minecraft are moving into cross-play. And also Call of Duty, probably the biggest user in the world. Now, Xbox, PS4, and PC players can all play together on Call of Duty this year for the first time ever. Which means that the floodgates are probably going to open for other games and other mainstream massive titles. But we're not entirely sure which ones yet. So I'm going to go the other way this time, and go Paul Collett. Oh, me again? Hello. <laughs> I feel quite, quite spoiled. Carry you on. were last, so this time you're first. You know what I mean? That's how I'm, I'm doing. doing it now. Oh, I yeah. like it. Yes. Um, cross-platform play. How do you feel about turning on a PS4 game and your mate that has an Xbox is like, hey, can I play with you? And you're like, yeah, you can play with me. Let's play some games together. Do you think that more games are going to jump into it now? A massive title like Call of Duty has has taken it and impl- implemented it into its game. Oh, God, they absolutely have to. I mean, it's, uh, it just surprises me it's just taken so long. I mean, how many times have we sort of said, this will get together and play a game, two of us got it in PlayStation, two of us got it in Xbox, and we, you know, it's like, oh, what the fuck? It just seems stupid, and I think the sooner they can get the bigger AAA titles on board, the better. I think it's a great thing, and I think, they should, I think there should be a massive influx of cross-play games, and I think it'd make the world a better place. Oh, so yeah. video games are video games are saving the world. They are. They're gonna bring peace peace to the world. It's gonna end it. end world famine. Uh, bring world <laughs> peace. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I should also mention. Obviously, Fortnite was kind of the first massive game to do this. Yes. Um, after PlayStation finally caved and let it happen. Yeah, I just wanted to check that in there before I forgot. Sean, let's go yes. cross platform play. Are you excited? Do you know th- this is why I like you guys. When I when I wrote a piece about how Sony should definitely get on board with cross play. And I'm not exaggerating here. There was 140 comments on N4G about how wrong I was <laughs> and how PlayStation games don't want crossplay. They don't want the Xbox scrubs on their on their ecosystem. 
PlayStation has enough players. They don't need to boost the numbers with Xbox players. But here, we just don't give a fuck because, you know, we still beat everybody anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, crossplay is fucking brilliant. It's, it's, you know, I understand, like, business-wise, why Sony have been so hesitant to do it because, you know, technically, if you want to play with your friends this year, this, this, this generation, you're more than likely having to buy a PlayStation. Totally get that. But it looks like moving into the next generation, and as we get closer to it, that's just going to go away. And you know, developers are going to, sorry, public uh, console manufacturers are going to selling their consoles on the, the strength of exclusives and services, rather than you can't play with your mates if you don't. So that's great. The one thing I hope they they continue with is input based console input. So uh, so basically, I'm not playing Fortnite against a guy on a PC with a mouse and keyboard because that is bullshit. That is like very difficult to, and it happened like it, you know, you, you could turn that off on Fortnite and yeah. there is, so, you know, obviously we played a bit of the beta and I'm not entirely sure if we can talk about the PlayStation, the, the Call of Duty beta. Yeah, I don't see why not. But yeah, so, so part of the, part of the matchmaking, you could see um, the icon of the controller based on, on their inputs. So you could tell, who you are facing off against, and you can like bail out of a match if it's all mouse and keyboard if you wanted to, and you can restrict it to inputs. So if somebody is using a mouse and keyboard, you can say, "I don't want to play against them. I just want to play against console controllers." There's no way that mouse and keyboard players should ever be playing against guys with with controllers, unless the guys with control controllers are just masochists that like to die a lot. So, <laughs> so, so if that that remains absolutely on board every day. Every game should be. I just hope that it's not too late for those games that really want to do crossplay. Mm. You know, there's so many games out there that have been like, hey, yeah, we're doing Switch and Xbox and PC crossplay, but we're doing PlayStation 4 crossplay with PC, but you can't crossplay with anybody else because Sony. So I just hope it's not too late for them because I'd really like to see kind of the floodgates truly open and all these games, you know, get their moment in the sun. Uh, Greg, cross platform. How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, it's, oh, great. Right. it's great. It's great bringing you know bringing people together, and it will hopefully stop all the console wars. And you know, mine's better than yours. And like Sean said, you're gonna have people with some advantages over the other. Obviously, keyboard and mouse are gonna have better precision aiming, and blah 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 blah. I wish Call of Duty would fuck off though. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree one thousand percent. Otherwise, yeah, crack an idea, but not for Call of Duty. I think that should have died after Modern Warfare. Yep. First one. Thanks. First one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that, yeah, all for it. Awesome. Sean, I saw uh, your upload of your uh, 2v2 sesh on the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Alpha, which is something I've also been playing this weekend. I suck so bad at it. It's quite horrendous. I was just laughing by the the end. I got a couple of kills in about 24 games. Nice. And uh, that was it. But uh, you seem to be smashing it. Did you you enjoy it? Is it everything you wanted? Um, Yeah, it's a much more measured game. None of the maps that I managed to play had... So one of the best things I've seen about this whole new Call of Duty is doors opening and closing doors. And I didn't find a single door to open or close on any of these maps. But I just think it's a fucking amazing that for for years, developers have been like, we can now put like 36 players in a map. We can now do 50 players in a map. We can now do 80 players in a map. We're doing Battle Royale, 100 players in a map. And Call of Duty go, it's two versus two. And it is the best fucking thing to happen to multiplayer in like a decade. <laughs> it is ridiculous how good that game mode is, how quick, how how amazingly tight it is. It's just 
Uh, yeah, fantastic. I was already excited about Modern Warfare, and now I am just fucking need it injected into my arm right away. <laughs> awesome. Uh, right then, let's move on to Arkham Asylum is 10 years old. Woo! Yay! I can't happy, believe it. That's a, that's a happy scary birthday, Arkham Asylum. Date. It's it's pretty wild. I mean, it originally came out on the old generation, on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 and PC. Obviously, a phenomenal game that has stood the test of time and is still just as fun to play today as it was back then. So I'm going to go to the rest of the guys on the podcast discussing our memories of the game, playing it for the first time, and the importance of the game uh, to superhero games moving forward uh greg arkham asylum talk to oh me. fantastic i remember when the demo came out and i was obviously a bit hesitant because other batman games had been crap i mean i played a bit of the batman begins game on the old old xbox when it came into game station and it had a very rudimentary combat system that wasn't as refined as this one and i thought this new one i thought the new one at the time arkham Asylum, was going to be another shit game um i don't follow batman you know, religiously, I've known enough throughout the years, and then the Christopher Nolan films have started coming out, and yeah, grew up with the animated series and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I was a Batman buff when it came out, but I just ate it all up. I loved the lore behind it. I loved the gameplay. Uh, it was something different at the time. You know, the stealth sections, yeah, the Predator sections are a bit old hat now when you play Arkham Knight, and it's like, oh, another one. But at the time, it was so fresh and inventive to be that side of Batman. And then when you get into the combat as well, and that, you know, that combat system has stood the test of time. Look at Sleeping Dogs, uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, Spider-Man to an extent. Some other games, help me out, there are other games that have got that combat system. Mad Max. Mad Max, yes, thank you. Um, You you know, that was a pioneering system at the time, and it was fantastic, and it was great. My only quibble was that I had the Xbox 360 version and the PS3 owner's got the Joker add-on content, which was a bit of a pisser at the time, but it's now available for other formats. But yeah, is that part of the uh, the Return to Arkham collection? Did they add that in in the end? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, you can't play. As, there's no there's no story DLC. It's just um, combat challenges. You can play as the Joker, and you can also okay, cool. un, you can also play the endless combat challenge as either Batman or Joker, where you can just keep going until you die. And I've I've seen clips of people getting like 600 plus combos on there and stuff like that. And you think, wow, like that's staggering. And that's just an endless wave of enemies. It doesn't pause like they do in Spider-Man or, you know, each round time. It's just a constant, constant wave of enemies. It's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, the story was great. The ending, the final battle is disappointing. It's It's such an out of character thing for Joker to do. But that is a blemish on an otherwise perfect game for me. And as I said before about me getting remasters and stuff like that, I've I've done it with this one as well. I've got the Arkham Collection. I bought it on the PS4 when it was on sale. Mm-hmm. And then they released it on Game Pass as well. That's the first world problem of having both. Oh, how terrible. I know, it was just an excuse to get the trophies again. Because I played the, the original one. And then a friend of mine had the Game of the Year version, which was the same trophies again. So I, uh, Sorry, achievements, because I had on the Xbox. So I've got the achievements for the original version. The game of the year version on the 360, the trophies for the PS4 version, and then the trophies again, uh, the achievements <laughs> again on the uh, Xbox One version. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I played that game a lot. Sean. Yes. Hello. Sorry. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I had it on the PS3 and I bought you know the the 3D version that came with the 3D glasses. Oh God. Yes. 
Now that was that was terrible, but what a great idea to to give you like those purpley three D glasses. And to be honest, it looked very three D. Otherwise, you know, Greg has said you know most of what I wanted to say about this, but I think the scarecrow section of Arkham Asylum is probably one of the most inventive parts of that entire game and, and probably that entire generation about how you know the gas is changing the world and the world changes around you and it changes as you turn and it's just it's a, a magical part of that game and you know the bane fight it was one of my yeah. favorite mini bosses in that game and i think it's one of the few games and pretty much every meter outside of the comics to really get bane you know he's, he's not just a muscly guy you know he's, he's a small guy too so yeah, it's a fascinating game, and it, the fact that it's ten years old makes me feel like I need to crumble to dust because it only <laughs> it only feels like yesterday that we're playing it. Um, yeah, it, it set the the blueprint for superhero games moving forward. It's fucking brilliant voice acting all around, full of Easter eggs. And I, I think I was one trophy off the platinum on that, and then the the PlayStation Three that I was on was stolen, which yeah, uh, was painful. Motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm Stoke. <laughs> yeah um i i was working on two games at the time i was working on that and i was working on what the fuck was it called the set in paris uh the saboteur. saboteur yeah i had one one tower left to do in that game and the fucking save game went <laughs> and i didn't have ps plus back backups and I, I was like how the fuck do you like I, I played that game for near 200 hours anyway as an aside yes Arkham Asylum, fantastic game, and I hope to Christ that the next one that Rocksteady are working on is just as good. Oh man, what are Rocksteady working on? That is the million dollar question <laughs> this generation, it seems. Paul Collett, Arkham Asylum. I mean, you, you guys, the rest of the guys have covered pretty much everything, but um, uh, this game was just, uh, it blew my mind. It, it was, it was like, it might have been like a Metroid, because um, I was playing Metroid on the GameCube just prior to that a little bit, and this was very similar to the game, and I was full of, you know, and, and it just sort of captured the imagination. I mean, I think the the, the, re, the their design, their re-imaging of all the characters uh, was just fantastic. You know, obviously Mark Hamill was great as a Joker, but uh, I think the best thing about it, I mean, I think Sean uh, glanced on it earlier, was like the Easter eggs. Now, whether Easter eggs are just brilliant uh, game design, it's just that there's pretty much every single conceivable batman character or villain was in there somewhere even if it's just like the calendar man's cell with like the cans on the wall or uh sars cell with a, like a knife or something it's little touches that um made a nod to all of batman's kind of you know uh arch enemies and things like that i just think it was just pure genius and it looked great and the combat it was just it was just at the time it was brand new and it just there's nothing like it and you just you just wanted to fight everybody because it was such a smooth mechanic it just it was great genius and i can't believe it's 10 years old because like sean i want to crumble but i want to crumble faster because i'm older and it makes me want to vomit <laughs> <laughs> magnificent magnificent okay, thank you for that for that delicate insight into your love of arkham asylum i do have a confession about this game you've never played it I didn't play it until Return to Arkham came out. What? Yeah. Well, there's no harm in that. At least you played it. Yeah, oh, I got there it. in the end. I mean, Arkham City was my first one. Was my yeah, was my first uh, Batman <laughs> game, and I reviewed it on PS Gamer. Yay! 
um, back in the day and give it a 10 because Arkham City was phenomenal. But yeah, Arkham Asylum wasn't one I played until I got my uh, got returned to Arkham. And it is. It's it's just phenomenal. It's interesting. The Scarecrow sections, I never really liked all that much. It wasn't until I sort of started playing them again for, for trophy reasons that I really started to enjoy them. And I think that you see them in other games now. I think it's probably fair to say that they influenced those moments in Far Cry where you get like shot with an arrow. And oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's where they began. Yeah, I'm almost fed up of the whole drug sequence in games now. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> Damn you, Rocksteady. <laughs> enough. I mean, thanks, but enough. <laughs> See what you did. Uh, well, I think, I think they got better as the series went on over time. Yeah, Arkham Sign, fantastic. Mark Hamill is phenomenal as the Joker. That's not a surprise to anyone, but it's, it's a really great game. And 10 years later, we're still talking about it and still sort of pioneering what that game really meant. And I think you can see the fighting system in things like Spider-Man. And, and if Rocksteady are working on another Batman game, I'd be all for it. I don't think they are. I think they're doing something different. God knows what it is. They'll never say. And maybe the game will never come out. They'll just continue working on it for the rest of time and never tell us what it was. Oh, I do hope it's Superman. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I hope they're going to do it. I mean, if anyone can make a good Superman game, it's probably Rocksteady. Yes. Um, there was rumours that that Harry Potter RPG was their game. I mean, I'd be all over that. Batman mechanics with Harry Potter. Yes, please. Give that to me. Inject that into my veins. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think the last hit with a Harry Potter combat system would be like the Batman one. So as you hit them in the wand, it just makes it like, <laughs> as you smack them away, that'd be awesome. Great. In slow motion. Yeah, yeah, the la- like the final hit of a free flow combo. And I know it's some really dodgy animation. They fall down. It's all kind of a bit jerky and crap, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Arkham Asylum was the best of the trilogy? Yep. Um, oh, I think my voice finally broke then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finally, <laughs> um, it was. It definitely had the 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 best feel of a Batman uh, universe with a dark gothic look. I think they lost a lot of that with the second one. Uh, second one had more refined combat and exploration, and the third one was shite. I can't defend it. I mean, it was it was right story wise, but you weren't Batman. You were playing Armored Core with some Batman sections in it. <laughs> And that absolutely ruined it for me. Um, too much tank. Also, why would the Riddler? Why? How? How? Why would he make underground race tracks? Yeah. So, well, how? Well, how did how he get? Why? The, how did he get the time? Did he borrow? Did he borrow uh, Jason Todd's big underground drilling machine and just carved out some? How did nobody notice? <sighs> yeah. No, the first first one it definitely captures a lot of the, the batman ethos mythos and sort of universe really with its with its look and especially the, like the the old feel of like the asylum yeah with the, with the modern trappings of supervillains they can't contain and such mm. give a little special mention to uh arkham vr just what we're talking about it and how simple oh, yeah. it was but how amazing it was at the same time to see that arkham world in vr was just uh when it when, it, when vr first came out psvr I first played that game of playing the uh, Killer Croc in like the the sewer. Man, I thought this is it. This is a game changer, and it, yeah, well, it was, it was cool. very cool. It's cool that moment where you could look in the mirror. Yes, as Batman when you put the cowl on for the first I know. time. It's amazing. It's oh. just a little. Oh, it's just yeah, great brilliant. moment. What about that bit in the old in the morgue where you got put that little puzzle together? Like, it's like 
what the fuck? This is crazy. Minority there was that moment in, in Asylum where you discover the blueprints to Arkham City. I've still never got that to work. Really? Been, they were just, been, they were just there on the wall. The, I'd been to the exact same spot. Yeah, with the, the secret wall that you blow up and it's got the Arkham City thing in it. I'd st- I've been to the exact spot and I've put enough fucking explosive gel on it to level a building. But yeah, no, I just can't get that sweet spot. Oh. Not well, that there's any relevance in doing it now because the internet spoils it for you anyway. But <laughs> Well, if anyone knows how to do it, do get in touch with Gregor at GregorTomBomb <laughs> on Twitter. Or I could just go on YouTube. Oh, that. Yeah, you can do that too. Uh, <laughs> Sean, is it the best of the trilogy, do you think? I think it's the one I prefer. I think technically and proficiently, the second one is a, you know, a, a better game. It's got more to it. And, you know, I, I have a, a soft spot for Origins, even though it's probably the weaker of the bunch and wasn't done by Rexsteady. But mm. yeah, the, the first one is like, it is the blueprint. It is the best for the feel of Batman. It's the one that makes you feel like a detective for the first time and doesn't just use that as like a Assassin's Creed vision. You know, it's 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 the one that makes you feel like Batman the most. So yeah, it's probably the best of the trilogy slash quadrilogy with a one tacked on. Shout out to <laughs> Roger Craig Smith as Batman in Arkham Origins. <laughs> yeah. He, well, Roger Craig Smith does a very good Kevin Conroy impression. Yeah. It, Roger Craig Smith does a really good impression of pretty much everybody. Pretty much everyone. Yeah. He's a very, very nice guy as well. He's a lovely, lovely man. Um, go listen to our old podcast. There's two interviews with that man on there. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. They, were very, they were very, very fun. Also, shout out to Troy Baker's Joker as well in Arkham Origins. Troy Baker does a sterling job. Troy Baker's great. He he said he never wanted to be the Mark Hamill. He did his own take on it, and he nailed it. Uh, Those were the days. You can go back to our PS Gaming content and find my interview with Troy Baker, where I discussed the Joker with him on YouTube. Man, do you remember that day? I was fucking petrified. You was. um, (laughs) I remember I dropped you off the station. You was actually in cold sweats. Man, I was shaking. It was so weird. Highlight. Uh, Highlight. Oh, unbelievable. Incredible moment. But yeah, scary and terrifying just beforehand. So, Rocksteady, Arkham Asylum, thank you very much indeed for that game. I can't Ten wait to years see of memories. what you're up to next. Happy birthday, Arkham Asylum, even though technically when we're recording it was yesterday. Uh, right, we're going to finish off the news with a quick roundup of everything that was announced at the D23 Expo, uh, looking at some of the stuff for Disney Plus and the upcoming movies. So, Sean, from the Marvel Disney Plus stuff, you've got Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, who I'm not familiar with, and, of course, to look at What If, which is the animated Marvel series where they take a movie for each episode and switch something in that film to create different circumstances. So they showcased Peggy Carter becoming Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. Superstar. So, yeah, Captain Britain, maybe. We shall see. <laughs> um, yeah, did anything catch your eye? I mean, all of it. Um, I'll be honest with you, like, the, the TV shows, I am super on board with all of it. Like, Moon Knight, um, if, if you're not familiar with it, he's basically, it's basically Marvel's version of Batman, but if Batman kind of admitted the fact that he's mentally ill. And... <laughs> so, like, uh, Batman-Deadpool. Yeah, but, I mean, have you ever um, watched Legion, the TV show? It's basically, like... He has multiple personalities and he thinks he's got the power of a god, an ancient Egyptian god within him. Moon Knight is a crazy good series of comics. Um, it goes well under the radar. And he's also been like, he's been with the Avengers and he's been with 
the defenders, and he, basically he's been around. But also he's one of these series, these these characters that I always kind of hoped would get a, a an eighteen rated show or or a movie. It's very unlikely that he's going to get one on Disney Plus, so that's a shame. Um, but still, the fact that we we're even getting one, you know, everybody's been asking for fucking years for this to happen, so that's great news. Um, she Hulk. I really hope that it's basically a courtroom drama that where because obviously She Hulk, um, she doesn't transform between Hulk and non-Hulk. She's like She Hulk all the time, but she's also a very high-powered lawyer, and very intelligent. So I'm hoping that they do like a a courtroom drama style, and I can't wait for that. Miss Marvel, I'm a bit disappointed that that's not a movie, if I'm honest, because Miss Marvel really deserves to be on the big screen. But, well, I mean, Kevin Feige said that she will be in the movies. Yeah, this D23, if anything, shows that Disney now, they've they've got TV shows, and that's great. They're going to let you know the, the Marvel TV arm of TV carry on with that. But the movie arm of Marvel, now they want to do Marvel TV movies, which is, you know, fine. They basically don't want to give... They don't want to cut three-hour Avenger films anymore. They just want to do six-hour TV shows, which is cool. You know, more more MCU. And I know Greg's literally caving into dust as I say that. But Disney Plus looks like a fucking winner as far as I'm concerned. Yes, um, yes, it does. So, yeah, fair play. They, they've announced everything that's that's awesome. What If is a, an interesting... You know, the, there is a What If comic um, where they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this. This is the one MCU thing on Disney Plus I'm most excited about, I think. Yeah, it's going to be something totally different. And... Mm. You know, they've they've the, what they've announced so far is all super smart. It's like um, it's not as traditional as the, like the previous ones were. Like, what if this character was actually a good bad guy and this one was a bad guy? They've actually gone in and uh, thought about it. So, yeah, I'm I'm super on board with everything Marvel esque, especially. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about you know the new the movie stuff next or no. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's they announced um, the date for Black Panther two, which will be in. 2022 they didn't uh, specify if that's phase four or phase five P- probably phase five at that point greg's very excited about that <laughs> and, <laughs> and, really not. Uh, <laughs> and they announced that uh, kits harrington of that tv show what was he in i can't remember uh, small small show wasn't it i can't remember it was, uh, uh, who knows? Just have a day, uh, who knows all i heard about it was the ending was shit so who cares um <laughs> like dexter <laughs> levels of shit was it Spooks? No, I can't beat Dexter. <laughs> Spooks! Spooks, the greater good. That's it. He was in that film. Uh, yes, he's coming to the Eternals with uh, Angelina Jolie and Sam Hayek and Richard Madden as Black Knight. So that'd be fun. Um, Eternals is a world I know nothing about, so I'm quite excited about that. It's just fun to go into an MCU movie knowing nothing about the characters. So that'll be something brand new. The only bit I want to talk about is, as I don't know if you've seen the the pictures of the Black Widow, so they basically released oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the poster. Yeah. With David Harbour as the Red Guardian, Ooh. fuck me, that looks good. And um, I, I like—I didn't know anything about the Red Guardian. Like Black Black Widow's this kind of character that's gone. You know, she's been in all the comics I've read, and she's never really paid much of attention to her. And apparently, like, there's such a fucking interesting story that I don't want to spoil for anyone. But there's like such a good storyline there, and I'm super excited for that film now yeah. because it looks like such a great spin-off. That's, that's oh, I should the... mention uh, the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Which I'm, I'm Bucky's my boy, so I'm really looking forward to that. And One Division, we had a brief look at what that's going to be like. It looks, they announced it as a 50s American sitcom, 
like the Dick Van Dyke show or something, but with a budget of an MCU movie. <laughs> so that's going to be wild. I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of like Wonder and Vision just living like a, a suburban American couple. The poster for that's really interesting because it is. Yeah, it's very old, it... very classic. Paul, have you seen it yet? The poster for Wonder Vision? Probably not. Um, I haven't. No. All right, I'll send it over to you after this. Thanks, man. Sorry, go on. The, the, the interesting as- aspect of that um, poster is in the top left corner where the shadow that's been portrayed from the TV. So there's like a TV in the right hand corner. Um, Wanda and Vision sitting on a settee in like traditional 50s clothes. And then back left corner, there is the shadow, which very much looks like the comic book slash TV version from the cartoons way back in the day of Scarlet Witch. Like the headbands, the the weird like pointy things on a head, it looks like it's being portrayed in that. So there is still a potential because people st- got pissed that uh, Scarlet Witch never got her original comic book costume in the MCU. So there is a potential that we will be seeing that, and that be fucking ace. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just added the poster to the Slack. Nice. There's a lot to get excited about. Kevin Feige is a madman, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I can't. I can't even fathom how busy that man is. I don't know how much hands-on he has on all these projects, but just the endless announcements are very exciting as a fan. But it's just madness. Yeah, and I think that I think his his um, his slate of busyness is probably the reason for the whole the Spider-Man and Disney. Oh no! So... Oh. Yeah, I'm so sad. I thought that was going to be resolved this week, and it hasn't been. We no. were gonna. I should stress, we were gonna discuss this quite at length. Um, on this episode but it's like a week later and there was no new information everyone already knows what's going on for anyone that doesn't uh, Spidey has been dragged out of the MCU by Sony after Disney wanted more money they blamed it on Kevin Feige being too busy because I very much doubt that is the case however this is what's happened Spidey as in Spider-Man Spider-Man 3 will now no longer take place in the MCU it will just be a standalone Sony Spider-Man film even though it will carry on from this story that ended far from home. It's all very yeah. confusing. That anyway, is yeah. bullshit. Isn't it just? It's, it's not that. Go on, go on. No, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> we could do a whole po- podcast on this. It's absolutely infuriating. And Sony haven't made a decent Spider-Man film since 2004, maybe. Ever. Wait, wait. What the it. fuck? It's Spider-Verse, man. Spider-Verse. Oh, that yeah. doesn't count. That doesn't it count. fucking does count because no, they did it all on their that's own. A different, that's a different studio. All right. It's not the... Right. I need to I need to get this off my chest now, right? Everyone is so, blaming... That, that was Sony Pictures Animation. Right. That was everyone, not Sony... Everyone is blaming Sony, right, in the situation, right? I'm not, I'm not completely blaming Sony. Disney no, they are, they are way as, out of line. They are I know as, Disney way out of line, but... This is this is too much. They they are as bad as each other, right? Sony wanted to continue the same fucking deal. They wanted to give five percent to Disney, and Disney get all the merchandise rights. Yeah, and they thought that was a decent exchange for Kevin's time. Yeah, Disney said, "Oh, well, we might have to dedicate some more time to you, so we want fifty percent of the film." That's bullshit, right? The, the problem is Sony are fucking fine on their own. Ve- Venom wasn't a bad film. Spider Verse was fucking good. You know, Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Sam Raimi was really fucking good. You know, yeah, Spider-Man was 3 was one. dog shit. And then Amazing Spider-Man 1 wasn't bad. The second one was a bit cack, but, you know, they, they still know how to make a good Spider-Man film. And I'm fucking fine with it not being in the MCU. I'm just glad that Sony have just, like, said, no, fuck you, Disney. 
Because the, yeah, the, what the, happens like in the, in, a, in a bigger kind of scheme of things? Obviously, there's going to be some some phases of the Marvel films. Spider Man's still kind of in that. So when it comes to the big kind of like end game version of the next one, like with Galactus, hopefully, it'll be like Spider Man. Yeah, well, Spider Man's done though, isn't it? Like the the whole the whole point of this this phase was to basically say the old Avengers are done. We're now setting up a new Avengers, and that's that's just going to be without Spider Man. Uh, well, I don't know. To be fair, Spider-Man has like 900 villains to fight, so he's going to be fine. Yeah, no, he's going to be fine, but I don't know. I just, it's just, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It's just weird because, you know, Spider-Man's like such a cool character and Disney do such good, good films, um, you know, and just fucking just get on with it. <laughs> it and it's, it's just fucking mental that like the entire internet has been on fire over this because two billionaires couldn't decide Ooh, how much of a percentage of more... Like, billionaires want more money. It's fucking insane. Like, just agree, man. Just say 15%. That's all they needed to say. But they wanted 10 times the amount that they, they were already getting. Fuck Disney. Oh, that's, that's an insane amount. Yeah, fuck Disney, because uh, fuck them. But they also, they own Marvel. So I don't get the deal initially, because obviously Disney owned Marvel. They bought Marvel. Why haven't they got Spider-Man in, in, in the set? I don't understand. How... Because when, when Marvel was struggling, they sold the Spider-Man rights to sony uh so they sold the, the film rights to sony sony started making movies then disney bought bought marvel but obviously the film rights were already owned by sony that's why the x-men were with fox and the, the fantastic four were with fox because back in the day marvel used to be just about selling comics and not the movies and they really fucking struggled so you know that that's why yeah it was all about um it was way before marvel studios was even a thing yeah and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember I read that somewhere now. I think it started with Blade, didn't it, or something? The first, uh, I don't know. Anyway, well, look, they could fucking afford Fox. They can afford to buy Star Wars. Sure, they can afford to buy Spider Man back. The thing is, it's Spider Man is Sony's greatest weapon against everyone. They have nothing else. They don't. Um, save to save maybe James Bond. Well, I guess uh, I guess the only good thing is that means you can probably have a, a Venom Spider Man film. Oh God. I'm but, excited. Oh, as long Jesus. as it's better than the last one, because that was absolute pants shit. Can, 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 can. Oh, I don't want that. You I don't want. I want. I want Spider-Man to play with Captain America again. <sighs> anyway, that's us not talking about Spider-Man this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. We did good. We did good. Can I come back in the room yet? Uh, right. We're going to talk about Star Wars now, so you can if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere on Disney Plus, um, it finally con- was confirmed that I talked about this on the podcast a, a couple of episodes ago. Obi Wan Kenobi with Hugh McGregor is officially happening, and I'm very, very excited about that. There's no date, there's no title. It's just, hey, this is a thing that's happening with Hugh McGregor. Very excited about that. But most importantly, I think right now we did have a trailer for The Mandalorian, which looks, well, pretty damn amazing. Uh, did anyone else see the trailer? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Paul? I think it's great. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was a film at first. It just had that such a high budget look to it. I was like, wow, what is this new film? But no, it's a TV show. I thought it looks great. Everyone loves Boba Fett. So I don't know how they can, if they, if they fuck this up, then Disney are the biggest bunch of absolute cock nipples I've ever seen. That's very grown up of you, Paul. Well done. Thanks, man. I know. I'm, <laughs> trying, I'm trying to bring some maturity to this podcast. It's just full of kids. Do you know what I mean? God, it's about time, isn't it? Eh? It's yeah. about time. Uh, Sean, The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm referring to it as Star Wick, seeing as though that is the the blend that I'm getting from it. You know, the gunplay, yeah. 
it, it looks fantastic. We've not seen loads of it from the trailers yet. It looks very impressive, and I look forward to seeing where they go with it. The period that they're setting it in, it's going to be the first kind of part of the canon Star Wars from that period. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that because there's nothing written down from that period at all Yeah. currently. So it'll be like the benchmark for Star Wars fans for that period in time. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it looks absolutely fantastic. And the people behind it, I mean, we've got John Favreau, Taika Waititi. You know, it's just like a who's who of who's making great movies at the moment. So I'm sure it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, Greg, have you seen the trailer? I have. It actually looks really good, but I'm not going to go anywhere near Disney Plus, so I'm going to miss out. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it looked it looked really good. It's going to be a shame because we know my opinions on Star Wars spin-off stuff. I'm I'm like you know main film canon only kind of thing. So yeah, it it did look good from from a jaded cynic like me, but I'm not going to be getting Disney Plus. So why I, not? Because I don't want to pay any more into the corporate halls at Disney. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of stand against the man, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just it's I've got enough subscriptions going on as it is. I don't need to fork out another one for a, one show I might watch. I still don't even use your Amazon Prime login yet to watch the boys. Oh my God, and that's free as well. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to, to be I fair, mean... like n- none of us are going to be getting Disney Plus when The Mandalorian's out because it isn't launching in the UK until next year. That's true. Twenty. It's it's only in Holland, the US, Canada, and another. Australia, Australia, yeah, in in November. How, how the, why why Holland? Why? <laughs> what a random country. <laughs> I think I think it's primarily because of Sky. I yeah, because they, they they still hold the monopoly on the rights to all of the Star Wars movies, all of the Marvel movies, and until there, until that contract is up, I don't think Disney Plus can be over it. Oh fuck that guy! I mean, if it know? comes if it comes out on DVD, Star. then you will be getting it. But <laughs> it's never coming out on DVD. All right, Blu-ray then, you fucking... <laughs> I'm going to VHS it for you. Go back to your VHS Instagram, no, yeah. <laughs> unless, unless Disney Plus absolutely tanks, which it's not going to. No, I know. Uh, then the Mandalorian will never be on another platform. You want me to be optimistic? I'm being optimistic. I hope it does really well and it comes out on Blu-ray so I can purchase it. But I ain't going to be buying Disney Plus. Fine, I'll send you my login. Jesus. Alright, sweet. <laughs> I wasn't getting we... that, but yes. <laughs> yes. We can do a weekly Mandalorian podcast. I've got to say, I'm not too excited by uh, the uh, Obi Wan thing either. Absolutely. Oh, look, I, I am. I am. I am excited. Can we just leave it there? I don't want anyone to stamp on for me. I know that sounds very selfish of me, but I'm excited. So can self. we just move on? Fine. Right. Fine. <laughs> Finally, the footage of the Rise of Skywalker landed today. Another little trailer. Looks badass, man. Excited to see it. Uh, well, let's see, Sean? It's a good trailer. It's one of those, so the first a minute and 11 seconds is all made of footage from previous films. And it's a two minute, like 11 second trailer fully. So they put another minute's worth of footage in from The Rise of Skywalker. And they, they're really playing the cl- cards close to the chest and they're giving just the right stuff away to keep people interested. And, and I guess... A lot of this is to try and win over the people that had no interest in going to watch this film based on yeah. the last two. But yeah, that, that trailer is super exciting. And I, I, I saw an interview with Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Uh, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, exactly. 
So they asked her about Dark Ray, um, which is like where the trailer ends. And she said, they asked her, are you talking dark? And she said, well, the evidence is, is there to see. Um, but she said it in a way that was like the worst poker face ever. So I, I've now had to reevaluate all of my Star Wars theories for this, this, this last film. So, what are you going to tell us that Last Jedi was actually really good? I, 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 what the fuck? I've argued for hours on this podcast about why The Last Jedi is really good. Wait, who doesn't yes. like it? Hang on. Paul, Sorry. Hold Paul on, Paul doesn't like I, I it. Think, I think me and Sean had this kind of thing. We had almost kind of Anyway, just... let's not yeah. go down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's an exciting trailer. But like so far, they put out two minutes of footage fully. And it's going yes. to be a two-hour two-hour movie. So, like two trailers combined, they they really are not giving anything away, and that's impressive. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Less is more, as Greg said last week. Yes, that's great. I'm excited. Yeah, I've just been quoted. Yes. Yay! Force Awakens was great. Last Jedi was great. Fuck you, Paul. I'm excited. Nah, it's Bring all it on. All of it is load of crap. It's not you... Star Wars. Oh, so, these quiz answers then. Anyway, if you haven't <laughs> seen the footage, it's actually up on our Twitter channel. Only the last 45 seconds of The Rise of Skywalker because I edited it because I'm cool because that's what you want to see. So go and check it out. Bravo, sir. Yeah, well thank you very much. Well right, let's get on to the quiz answers. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, yes. Welcome to the quiz answers. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yep. Anybody feeling confident? No, nope. I think so. Yep. Ooh, Okay. Okay, question one. In what game series do you wield the Blades of Chaos? Roscoe, what is that? God of War. That is correct. The series yeah. is God of War. Okay, question two. In which game series would you find a weapon called the BFG 9000? Um, Paul, what have you got for that, buddy? Is it Doom? It is Doom. Well done, buddy. Thanks, man. Um, see, we do love you. <laughs> <laughs> Question three In what series would you find the Type 33 guided missions launcher, more commonly known as the Needler? Greg, what have you got for that? Halo. Halo was correct. Well done. Uh, question four In what game series do, the, do you wield the weapons called Ebony and Ivory? Uh, Roscoe, what have you got for that? Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is correct. Yeah. Question five, in what game series do you wield the Keyblade? Uh, Paul, what have you got for that? Is it Kingdom Hearts? That is correct. Congratulations. Kingdom Hearts. Question six, in which game series would you find the Dagger of Time? Greg, what have you got for that? Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia is correct. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) It's a gaming podcast, I'm just saying. (laughs) Question seven, in which game series would you find the Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O, which stands for Rip Your New One? Roscoe, what's that? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank is correct. Yes! That's what I went on a punt with as well. Nice work. Question eight, in which game series might you fire a fat boy? Paul, what have you got for that? Uh, uh, is it Fallout 4? It's Fallout. I'll take, I, I asked for series and I'll take Fallout. Oh, Hold yes. Thanks, man. Question nine. In which game does a character wield the gun blade? Greg, what's that? Parasite Eve 2. It's not. It's Final Fantasy 8. But there is one <laughs> Parasite Eve 2. Yeah, you fucking prick. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, got a, you, you have to take the first answer. No, it's you true. don't have to because I can send you the screenshot no, of no, my answer. So fuck you. doesn't matter. Shit. That's what you said. Four, don't nine, start this start shit. No, no. I, I had got... I have suffered this. I said it's Great. also Parasite Eve 2, but, but it's yeah, Final Fantasy 8. Don't care. You got it wrong. 
No, I didn't. Sean? I, was, I was going for uh, being wankery. <laughs> well, oh. for, well, you know... Uh, cost you a point. Cost you I, a point. I, the thing is, right, I've done this to Paul, right? Paul got the right answer and read the wrong one out, even though he'd written down two answers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be fair. That's consistent, Sean. I've got to be fucking fair, haven't I? I've got to be consistent. I was going to have the Twitter account just all over me all week. Look, <laughs> 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 Greg, we both know you got this correct. We do both know that, like... Oh, I'll like, take the hit. You let you 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 decide whether you lose the point or not. Like, d- look into your heart and decide whether being a wanker was enough to lose a point. Okay. <laughs> uh, question ten. In, <laughs> in which series might you find a pair of AMT nineteen eleven hardballer, more commonly known as silver ballers, Roscoe? Hitman. Hitman is correct. Yeah. Question eleven. In which series might you use a two one one dash V plasma cutter? Paul, what have you got for that? The Dead Space. That is correct. Question 12. In which series does the main protagonist famously wield both a steel and silver sword? Greg? The Witcher. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, The Witcher. Uh, question 13. In which popular upcoming remaster would you use an anal probe to trigger fatal diarrhea in the target? Roscoe, what have you got for that? I'm just going to assume destroy all humans. That is correct, yes. Yes! Assume you know all about the anal probes. Don't you go assuming anything. Hey, man, that's my private, <laughs> that's my private life you're talking about on the podcast. Uh, question 14. In which series would you find the Vampire King, which has appeared as a whip, a flail, and a hammer in different games? Paul, what have you got for that? Oh, literally no idea, so I'd sort of punt at Castlevania. That is correct. Hey, oh, me too. fucking hell, dear. <laughs> uh, question 15. In which series would you find the Master Sword, Greg? Uh, Zelda. Congratulations. Um, in which series would you find the dubstep gun? Uh, Roscoe? Saints Row. Question 17. In which game was the weapon called the Cerebral Ball first introduced? Paul? Uh, is this Toruk? 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 What do you call it? It is. It is called... Which game, though? Is it? Have you just written down Toruk? Toruk. Toruk. Yeah, it's Toruk 2. So I've got that. You didn't get that. No, we didn't get that. Oh, it's uh, Turok twice. <laughs> <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. You said, uh, did you say game? I said, in which game was the weapon called the Cerebral Ball first introduced? Yeah, it's, not, it's not in the first one. It is in the second one and the third one. And it's in, in it. Is it Armed and Dangerous? This is a, it's in another game series as well. Okay. Question 18. In which series would you find the weapons Splattershot Jr., the Dynamo Roller, and Slosher? Greg, what have you got for that? Is this Splatoon? It is Splatoon. Well done, chaps. That sounded like a lot of correct answers. Will you tot up your scores? And we're going to start with Roscoe. How many have you got right? Oh, just a poultry 16. 16 out of 18. That ain't bad at all. Um, Paul, how many have you got? Uh, you're definitely not going to give me Turok. Because no. that, that would be like awesome. You said Turok. And he said Turok. Which game specifically? Yeah, but it's still like the same game, isn't it? It's not oh, like, no, it's not. Oh, it's a no, different mate. game, is it? No. <laughs> like the Persona, is it? All right, if I, if I can't have Turret because you're all slags, uh, I've got 17. Fuck me. <laughs> okay, great. Right, what have it. you got? Well, this is it. Had I not been pretentious, I would have got a full house. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> right, hold on, hold on. Right, hold on. Wait, hang on. What the fuck? You heard. If I wasn't being pretentious, I had a full house. But... Because I got uh, pretentious with my answer. Because I basically sabotaged myself. Well, I mean, oh technically, my technically, she does wield it in uh, 
Parasite Eve 2, so it's not wrong. Yeah, that's the wrong answer. No, it's not, though, is it? He said which game? There's a character. Right, sure, okay, so, the wrong answer. So both you and Paul have got 17 out of 10. Yes. Well, I came last in that. You came last in that. Let me add this in. Okay, so it's a tiebreak, right? Yeah. But I also said the correct game. You so didn't, you though. The point. Uh, the point. You didn't. He said which game. It was the series. Oh, oh, Brawl was only interesting to Rock 2. It was. It wasn't a, a different. He didn't game, say series. Did he said which game was was a cerebral ball Turok. introduced, which is Turok Two. Oh, don't give me that. It's, it, it's true. <laughs> Hold on, it's a tiebreak. And then, right, it's a tiebreak. Are you ready? Simple way to, to solve right. Okay. It, here is here is the um, tiebreaker question. How many different weapon combinations are there to the closest million in Borderlands Two? Let's start with Greg. Uh, oh, Christ. Um, two million? Okay, Paul, how many do you, you see? Well, I actually just wrote down two million. <laughs> <laughs> Literally wrote that down. That was going to be my question. fuck's guess. sake. Are you both searched for two million? Well, question. Right, I'll, I'll, go, go, I'll, go, I'll up it to three. Fuck it. You know, whatever. Wait, how has he let to change his answer then? No, he's not. First answer, that's the rule of the game. Oh, we've both got two million. That's exciting. Okay, so you, you, I mean, the answer was 17.75 million. So you're both, you're both wildly off, but you're both so accurately wildly off. Right, <laughs> I'll find another fucking. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Um, tiebreaker question. I'm having to Google this now, okay? You've <laughs> wasted up the only tiebreaker question that I actually researched. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <sighs> this is entertaining from uh, just from the outside. I like it. Oh man, just give me Turok, man. It's all over, isn't it? No, because it was wrong. Because it was wrong. wrong. Yeah, but it wasn't the wrong game, was it? Like, yes, it was the wrong. Yes, game. it was. Right, game. It, was a, it was the same series then. He didn't say series. That wasn't the question. Doesn't matter. What? Yeah, it does. Well, I said James Bond. Is it? That's the wrong answer. You got the answer wrong. Technically. Yeah, technically you got technically it you've got the answer wrong. But also technically I got it right. No, you didn't. I mean, no, you didn't. Well, I kind of did. No, no you didn't. Oh, what what uh, what TV show uh, films does the Aston Martin appear in? You can say James Bond, but it wasn't yeah, yeah. all James Bond. Sean, Sean did not say series though. He said, "What game was Cerebral Bore first introduced?" Yeah, I just no. The question was, I just said, so what. What film series does, uh, or films does the uh, Aston Martin appear in? You could say yeah. James Bond. Yeah, that would be a series. That's stuff. a series. James Bond, James Bond is a character, said... not a uh, not a film franchise. Uh, just because you lost, uh, Ross, don't get the ump. I'm just trying to uh, be fair and logical about this quiz. I think, you're, I think you are. I think you're just being um, pedantic. I just think you're being stubborn. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I think I think I'm 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 finding an easy solution to the tiebreak. So Greg's being pretentious, you're being stubborn. This is going about as uh, as normal as it as ever, I guess. Yeah, standard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Nothing ever really changes here on the Finger Guns podcast. Oh, I want to go to bed. Hurry up. Ah, uh, must be fun to be able to go to bed after these things. Mate, you're the uh, you're the nocturnal one. Yeah, well, someone has to be to edit these fucking oh, things. Yeah. I mean, did you say these fucking things? We should have recorded this last night. Um, right. Oh, we really should have. I, I honestly, right. I could not find a fucking decent question, so I'm going to ask you the stupidest fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> How high is Mount Everest in meters? Closest one wins. Oh, jeez. Greg? Um, in meters? Oh, fuck. I don't know. 7,000? 7, okay. that's, that's not very high at all, is it? <laughs> um, 7,000 meters. Paul, how many? 
Is it Super Mario? Meters, meters. Meters, meters. Meters, meters, isn't it? I'm going for 8,000. <laughs> okay, well, Mount yeah. Everest is 8,848 meters <laughs> yes! high. Wow. Yes, screw you all. Oh, no, so... you're being gracious. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, look, I'm losing, right? I'm allowed to be a little bit kind of. Well, no, it just brings you up level with me now, so we're both losing. Yeah, no, right. I'm not okay. losing anymore, then, for that way. So, after, after <laughs> testing your geography as well as gaming knowledge, um, <laughs> so Paul wins this one. Brosco is still out in the lead with 10, and now both Greg and Paul have four wins each. Well done, chaps. Oh, I've only got myself to blame for that. Ah, oh, mate, honestly. The thing is, I'd give it to you. I had to give it to you because I knew you were being a prick. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Commander Ross with his no, 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 kind of that. No. The thing is, right? He he, he made sure right. you didn't get that point, right? And then still got less than both of you and Paul. <laughs> nice by by one. What did, did you get wrong? What did you get wrong then, Ross? Uh, the one after Ratchet and Clank and The Witcher, because I don't know much about The Witcher. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. I hope you enjoyed this quiz. Oh, I loved it. I like drama. It's always fun. It's always fun. <laughs> All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, that does bring an end to this week's podcast. What an entertaining one it has been. Uh, I want to say big thanks to Mr. Sean Davies, Greg Hicks, and Paul Collett for joining us. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, all of the usual gubbins that you can find. Everything in the, the description below. We are very, very close to 1,000 downloads on this podcast. So thank you very Ooh, much indeed exciting. to everyone who has listened to us so far. If you really, really like what we do, you could give us 78p on Patreon to help towards the funding of this particular podcast. The page, sorry, the patrons that we do have keep this podcast alive on Spotify and iTunes. So thank you very much to them. It's really, really lovely that you feel the need to support us. And I hope, we hope that we are doing your subscription justice with our podcast we think we are we think we're having a good time with it and we're very very close to a big milestone that we want to hit so if you do like this podcast do spread the word do share it around and let people know about the wonder of the finger guns podcast but that's it for this week until next time it is goodbye from mr sean davies toodles goodbye from mr greg hicks goodbye and a goodbye from mr paul collett ciao the winner of this week's finger guns trivia challenge <laughs> And I've been Roscoe Keniston. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Finger Guns Podcast. Pew.